and even e-com can use this strategy, but if you're not in e-com, especially now, it's about having a community because targeting on Facebook has gotten tougher because they've taken away so many, especially if you're targeting black audiences, they've taken them all away. Um, the, the cost of getting in front of the right people has gone up, but the key to combat that is if you have your own audience, if you have your own community. Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profits Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And we've been talking about, on recent episodes, how you have a great product, great service, but if you don't have traffic, if you don't have a way to get more people, more leads in front of your product or service, right, you'll never make the money you should make in your business. So today, I brought one of my leading experts in, Terry Foster from Terry Foster Consultant. What's up, Terry? Glad to be here. Good to see you, man. Um, and we talking about that traffic thing, like, like, Traffic, since the first day I mentioned, right, like it's always been an issue with people, and especially for like small businesses, because they have, like I said, great products, great services, but if they can't never get enough people to see that thing, they can't convert. I mean, is that true? Are you agree? It's still true. It was true then, and it's true now, and that's definitely something that a lot of businesses struggle with. They put in time creating a great product, great offer, but if you're missing traffic, if you don't get enough visibility, enough eyeballs, seeing whatever you got, then it's going to be tough to make money, so... Yeah, still the name of the game. All right, so um, I want to go into some specific stuff they can do to increase traffic, to get more people in. But before we do, I always like to go into, like, how the experts got to become the experts that they are. Um, now, when you started, like, did you go to school for marketing? Did you go to school for business? Like, did you not help <laughs> your way into it? Like, well, what did it look like? Yeah, well, I didn't go to school for this. I got degrees in computer information systems and accounting. I did go back and get an MBA, but... The Facebook ad really had nothing to do with school. I was in corporate for 10 years. I was a computer programmer for five years, then a business analyst for five years after that. Good, high-paying job, but just really unfulfilled. I knew that I was capable of a lot more, and I always had that entrepreneur spirit, but kind of just got comfortable. I went to school, got the degrees, got a good job, was making pretty good money. But, um, yeah, I knew that I had to make a change when my son he was born that caused me to reflect. I was like, man, if I don't make a change now, I'm going to look up 10 more years, 20 years, it's going to be gone. I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. So that's when I thought thinking about ways to get out of corporate and start making, you know, my path as an entrepreneur. The Facebook ad kind of fell in a lap. I was actually trying to launch another business and I knew to launch that business, I was going to need traffic. I already knew that from the gate, even though I was an entrepreneur. So I started studying ways to get traffic, and that business kind of didn't come to fruition. But I learned a valuable skill set. I was like, let me just see if I can help some people do this because I know it's valuable. So I think that my technical background with being in IT helped, and then I always kind of been natural at copywriting. I didn't know it was called copywriting back then, but I always had a way to kind of communicate uh, with words to get people to take action. So that makes for a pretty good Facebook ads uh, manager, I found out. So I kind of just started out as a freelancer, hustling, getting jobs on Elance. That became Upwork. Um, started hitting some singles. Those singles became doubles. Then started hitting some home runs and turned it into an agency. Nice. So I, I want to go back in some of this um, for a minute because um, 
at what point, right? Because you said like, hey, you were, were well employed, right? And uh, making good money. At what point did you make the transition from doing that to being a full time entrepreneur? Uh, well, I actually got fired. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> they made it a little bit easy, but that's the best thing that ever happened to me. But that was about a year in. So okay. about six months into it, that's when my manager at the time, she found out that I was doing it on the side. It really had nothing to do with, like, there was, you know, issues before that. But anyways, I knew that at that point, the writer was on the wall, so she was trying to get me out. She wanted me to quit, but I'm not a quitter, so I didn't mm-hmm. quit. But I was hustling on the side to make sure that my side hustle for when that day came, I would be, uh, you know, able to kind of make that my full-time gig. So it was right, right about a year is, is when I was fired and never looked back. All right. And as you begin to um, do your ads and do other people's ads, was this like a natural thing? Like, like were, did people know you were doing and come to you like, hey, Terry, can you do mine? Or was it you like, hey, I got the skill set. I'm going to find people. Yeah, I mean, definitely in the beginning, it was hustling, finding people. So, you know, working for free. My first client, he was a news anchor in Pittsburgh. So he just happened to get out of news and was running like a webinar. So I volunteered. I saw her on, on TV. I was like, I just got to pitch people. So I pitched her and so let me do it. We hit a... Uh, you know, a whole run on that one and that because when I first started out, I was kind of broad. I was like, social media marketing makes sense. But after that, I was like, nah, it's Facebook ads is the play. Um, so then I went all in with Facebook ads and in the beginning, yeah, it was just kind of putting myself out there. But of course, after you start to get some case study and you get some success, people start talking about you and then, you know, it becomes easier to attract people. All right. And I, I want to make sure I missed this. You said the first thing you did for free. Absolutely. So you interrupt. Like, what was that conversation? Like, hey, I'll just come do this for free. Just let me do it. Give me a testimonial. Like, did you even know to ask for a testimonial? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I just kept it real. Like, you know, um, I really don't have experience doing this. I've been learning about it because I started off. I took like a course off of, of Groupon. So, you know, I made it seem like that. You paid full price before. <laughs> no, I got the Groupon. So, you know, I, I kept it real. I, I let know that I had a little bit of experience, but I was really just looking to you know, get some more experience. And if she gave me an opportunity, she wouldn't regret it. I was going to work hard. It's going to be free. Uh, so that, that always helps. And she gave me a chance and I rocked it. That's good. So I just, I just wanted to focus on that for a second because I feel like the Know Your Worth campaign has gone off the rails, right? And I feel like, I mean, yeah, like people should know their worth, but I also feel like there's so many ways I benefited from life because I just offered something of value to somebody with no strings attached. And it literally was like, hey, like, I'm going to do this. Hey, I'm going to come speak this place. Hey, I'm going to do this thing. And especially if you're trying to build and get on and you don't have a reputation. I mean, I still do some stuff like that now, but, like, especially when you start now, I'm like, uh, we had a T-shirt brand. The first thing I did we had, when we launched our T-shirt brand was give out three shirts, free shirts. I was like, I need to see people with a shirt. Like, like I, you know, I, I tell people that do, like, websites and funnels and stuff. The first thing I do is just find the people to build. Yep. It's hard. It's hard for somebody to pay you for something when they ain't got no reference of <laughs> what you can do, what you can do, or what you ever done, or what the results are going to be. So I mean, I, so I love the fact that you did. I love the fact that we talked about that. Absolutely. Because I, I think more people that start out need to just be like, hey, let me just be. You know, I had a photographer one time. I was like, hey, what I need to do? I was like, just go take pictures of. Like you need a portfolio. Like the pictures you take is what's going to lead other people to come pay you. If you ain't got no pictures because you want to, you know, I know my worth. And that, <laughs> like, I'm worth ain't, you ain't got no worth if you ain't got no customers. Absolutely. And it's the same thing for ads, too. That's a big mistake that people make is, like, they'll start to spend money on ads before they have even testimonials or customer reviews. Like, don't even spend that $1,000 on ads. Give out $1,000 worth of 
free product so that you can get some testimonials so that when you do run ads, you know, you actually have some social proof to bake in. But I'm a big believer. Even now, if I have a new offer, I give people beta for free just because I want to test it out. I want to get some testimonials. So, you know, even at this stage of entrepreneur, like there's big value and just lead an offer that it's not going to be forever, but yeah. do it, prove yourself, and then the money will come. Mm, that's good. So, um, so you do that job, you get some results. It was a home run. You start moving. Uh, then you say you go on Elance, which is now Upwork. Right? There's Elance, right? Um, when you're on Elance, are you already treating this like, hey, this is my business, my fault, like I ain't going back to work? Or is it more so just like a side hustle? Uh, well, when it first started off, I was just happy to get that extra money, man. <laughs> getting that, getting that uh, paycheck plus that money on the side, I was feeling good. But once you get the taste of actually earning your own money and then, you know, it was the impact too, just seeing that I was able to help someone, that feeling felt good. So I was like, yeah, this is it. So, you know, pretty quickly it became, then especially six months when I knew she was trying to get rid of me, I was like, this is going to have to to be it but i saw it work and i was like okay if i was doing this full-time i probably would be eclipsing when i'm making full-time so early on i kind of knew that there was potential in it and i needed to kind of take it you know seriously for the future because i don't want to work for anyone anymore mm, that's good so all right so you grow that it starts growing now i know later on you niche down into e-commerce what was that like an early decision you made i'm gonna do e-com or when first off was like just anybody you come on Elan. <laughs> you got two, three hundred dollars. We can get it work. Yeah, I work with a lot of people in a lot of different industries, a lot of different niches, lots of different places. Um, but the econ play was really a business decision, just because you know, one, we had more, and I had more control over the process. So if you're working with someone, for example, a webinar funnel, they need to be good on that webinar or they're going to come back and say the ads don't work. With the econ, you can give critiques for the store. You have more end-to-end control, although, of course, you don't have full control. So that was helpful. Um, and also, it's just more scalable because most times if you're selling econ, you want to sell as many products as possible. So they're going to spend more money on ads, which means I get paid more money. So it was also a business decision for the econ play. Nice. Now, now, what are some things, because um, I'm sure some e-commerce business owners that are watching what are some things that you see with e-commerce companies? Like before you try to run ads, you should do this. You talk about getting testimonial right. and feedback. Anything else they should be doing? Uh, yeah, the big thing is doing your homework and studying your competition. So that is the number one thing that any brand should do, especially e-com, because you're likely not the only person selling the product that you're selling. So how do you stack up to the competition? What does their website look like what does their social media look like because you have to look apart like there's lots of options when people are seeing ads you're not the only company they have the choice to buy from so it's it's tough because it takes a lot of being honest with yourself to say hey like this is my competition and their stuff looks a lot better than mine so maybe i need to you know focus on upping my brand fixing my website before i even start to run ads but a lot of people it, it's weird because business owners, they really don't like to spend money, but they also want to get there quickly. So they want to start spending ads when a lot of times they may not even be ready yet. There's other ways to that deploy that money that will put them in a better position to actually be successful. So that, that's a big one is just studying your competition in the website. Like your website has to be able to convert traffic because your ads can get all the clicks in the world. But if it's just like a bad user experience, once they hit the store, people don't trust that they're going to get the product if there's red flags and you're not going to make any money and it's you know you're going to waste your money 
Now, what, what's your take on when people are starting out, should they be running ads themselves? Because I, I kind of see it like both ways, right? I, I, it's definitely good that somebody knows what's going on and not totally green. And then, you know, like, like you know, sometimes it's just people like this just a band or have no experience, right? It's like, you know, the world's full of scammers. And I heard a lot of people that's like, hey, you know what? Like, I paid this person and set my stuff up. So it, I definitely think it's good for you to know what's going on. But then I also know that a person could waste a lot of time. And some people, just depend on what your gift is, you can be running for years and still I never really did it, right, man? It's like, 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 what's your take on that? Yeah, I'm in the same camp. Like, you should know enough to kind of, like, at least know what's going on so you don't get completely taken advantage of. So I'm definitely a proponent of making sure that you understand the basics. You can have a conversation. Right now, we're in a, a really critical time, and I see this mistake, um, but I understand why. So the Facebook and all pay traffic game has definitely gotten a lot tougher. It's harder to compete. So what business owners are doing is they're not hiring the experts and they're going at it themselves. And when I look at what they're doing, it's just totally wrong. The pixel's not set up. It's the wrong objective. Ad copy's not showing properly. Hell, it's just a mess. And like they're spending money and they're not even getting good data because they don't want to invest in paying the agency or expert because you know funds are tight. Um, they may have tried in the past. It it didn't work, but you know that that's just not good because they're wasting money and they're wasting time. So like if someone can't afford to like go all in with like an agency, I totally understand that. But at least you know maybe you can buy an hour or a couple hours of an expert's time to sit down with you, make sure that everything looks good before you you give it a go. Because yeah, I just see people out here like wasting wasting money. I understand you know because agencies now are super expensive, but like it's that catch 22. It, it's really a dilemma, but just spinning your wheels and getting it wrong and wasting money. That's not the, I know that's not the answer. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, um, somebody's watching, so they're getting this, they're like, all right, I'm gonna learn just enough. And it's cool, right? Cause Facebook has free courses. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of, um, um, course platforms out there get free courses. So it's definitely enough information. If you're willing to learn, so you can get, like I said, the basics down. But kind of let somebody know what they do, kind of be able to optimize and tweak it and get what you need to do to kind of move forward. Right. Um, so let me ask you this. So you, so you, the, the company is growing, you're full-time in a business. Like, at what point did it feel like you were running, like, a business business? Were you like, okay, this is, like, yeah. company, not just, like, a hustle? Um, Probably when I hired, like, my first full-time employee, not, like, a, a contractor with, you know, that W-2 you yeah, roll taxes. Yeah, all, all that. The government like is a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's probably when it definitely, you know, felt like a business business. Just knowing that, yeah, I had that level of responsibility. Um, really kind of, you know, changed the game, and that's why I, you know, transitioned to try to really make it more of an agency of just being like a a freelancer, trying to build a team around me, just so that we can, you know, help more people. That that's when it really seemed real like a business. Yeah. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur, a black business owner, and you don't know where to go, if you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to that gets how you feel or gets the pressures of being a business owner in today's climate, guess what we do? I want to introduce you to the Traffic Sales and Profit Mastermind. Now in the TSP Mastermind, we have a 12 month program that's going to help you reach your next six, seven or eight figures in business over the course of a year. Now, along that year, we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, we have accountability, we have community, we have live events, and everything you need in order to reach the next level. For more information, visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. For people watching that may have an agency or, 
you know, if you think about starting an agency, what do you think are like the toughest parts about doing that that kind of business specifically with a, with an agency? Yeah, agencies are tough for sure. Um, it's definitely, of course, finding the people in the team because when you have an agency, you're not doing it all yourself. So that's, yeah, number one is finding the right people. Also, just like the SOPs and documentations because even though, you know, you're not doing it all yourself, you still want to impart like how you do things upon the team. And if you don't have like SOPs and documentations, a documentation, then that makes it really, really hard to to do. So getting that stuff in place really makes, you know, the agency game smoother. But, you know, agencies, it's definitely tough. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So um, so the thing takes off. You got, you know, everything moving and grooving. How did you kind of transition from, hey, I'm doing like, you know, kind of gigs to like now I'm working with six-figure brands, seven-figure brands, and kind of beyond. You work with a lot of big companies. Like, was that just word of mouth? Was it strategy? Was it you running your ad? Like, how did that kind of happen? Because you made a transformation. I think a lot of folks that say, even when I have an agency, haven't been able to make that jump with that level of clientele. Yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely a few factors in that, you know, just getting in the right rooms, like, you know, the mastermind. So being in proximity with, like, those types of businesses and brands that I wanted to partner with, that was uh, that was big. Um Running paid traffic, that was that was big. So kind of putting that message out there of who I was looking for and actually putting dollars behind going out and to get in those people. That was a big part of it. And also just making sure along the way just to capture as many testimonials and reviews is is possible because once you do that, that's gonna kind of attract the people that you're looking to to draw in. So it was a lot of factors that kind of led to that, but that was definitely like a, a big shift of being able to kind of step up that caliber clientele. I love it. So I know you've learned a lot from work with those different kind of businesses. Um, for the people that are watching, the viewers that are watching may have an econ business or something else. Um, say they got ads and the ads are working, but they're trying to figure out how to go bigger with them. Are they normally like a few steps or a few things they should look out for? Yeah, I mean, the number one thing that you need to understand is your number. So I've seen a lot of people make that mistake of really just not knowing the numbers like how much can you afford to pay to acquire a customer because let's say if you can profitably afford to pay $15 to acquire a customer and you're acquiring customers at $10 then you could be spending more money to scale things up and actually make more profit and more revenue so you know especially you know a few years ago that was a major problem just not putting the foot on the gas so that was a big problem and then also not not getting their back end right so especially now so that's one of the big shifts now is that your back end game like what you do to monetize customers after they come into the door so if your email sequences are those right you get people to buy again if so how often so once you do that if you're able to control that back end so that you can maximize your customer lifetime value now that means you can afford to pay more to acquire a customer which means you can stay in the game of running ads when most companies can't if they don't have that stuff in place so a lot of people neglect that and they want to rely solely on the paid traffic um to to drive their business and you know that can be risky hmm. so um you talk about that like you know they want to neglect paid traffic and do it um but you also we were talking beforehand you were saying for more service-based businesses or information product businesses there is another alternative to just you know running straight facebook or instagram ads Absolutely. Yeah. So for, and even e-com can use this strategy, but if you're not in e-com, 
especially now it's about having a community because targeting on Facebook has gotten tougher because they've taken away so many, especially if you're targeting black audiences, they've taken them all away. Um, the, the cost of getting in front of the right people has gone up, but the key to combat that is if you have your own audience, if you have your own community. So for those types of businesses, they really need to tap into the power of Facebook groups. I know that you do that mm -hmm. with traffic, sales, and profit. And if you tie back your revenue to that group, I'm sure you can attribute a lot of money to that group. So that's something that I always recommend if you have something where you can get a Facebook group. That's a great way because you can get Facebook group members for pretty cheaply. You still run ads. You can do it organic as well, but you can run ads to grow your Facebook group. And then once you get them inside a group, provide value, captivate them and lead them into your offer so that you can monetize them. So you have to be strategic about how you go about it. But that Facebook group, that audience that you built up, that's going to provide a lot of return on your investment. A lot of people overlook it because it it takes uh, a little bit more time. It's easier to just, you know, hope that you can put up a Facebook ad, buy, you know, drive them to a sales page and get them to buy. But that doesn't work as well right now. Yeah, and I think you don't hear, we've been talking a lot lately about community. Uh, it seems like a lot of people, right? I, I, you know, know a lot of e-com brands. And when you ask them what they wish they had done sooner, it would start a community. Because they were thinking like, hey, I think I didn't think I needed it. I thought that was just for coaches and consultants and stuff. But what they found is that, hey, the easiest way for me to hold my people tight, stop them from jumping off to other brands where it's real easy, right? Um, and get them to come back and spend more is to build community, right? And then sometimes multiple communities. Uh, a general community, a community just for customers or VIPs, right? But able to do a law. So we've seen that. But then I was having a conversation with a guest recently as well about um, why I'm still a Facebook guy. You know, we got Instagram, we got TikTok, we got all that stuff. But I'm like, to me, nothing builds community like Facebook, like those groups, right? It's like, you know, you can have like, like TikTok and, and IG is like a lot of, like, hey, like people like watching from the outside in. But... You know, it's like in the group, we know who the vocal people are. We know who the people that do is different. Like, like yeah. I know as much about some of them as they know about me. That's powerful. And I feel like, like on IG is just not the same. You know what I mean? I mean, I can go through their page and click through all the stuff, but like on Facebook, I ain't got to do all of that. Yeah. It's it's it's, <laughs> just, yeah. it's just right there in front of me. So, so I want to make sure they like really, if you're watching this, you're really picking up on this piece we're talking about now, as far as community, developing community, getting closer. Like you said, when we look back, um. And you know, right? Because from running our ads, like literally the best thing we could do is try to sell to the people in the group, even before getting cold people out, right? It didn't matter. like, hey, because like the people that are buying time and time again are people that are already in the group. Yep. Already been indoctrinated into what we about, what we down for. They may have seen one of my free challenges in the group. Like they're already fans. They're already believers in what we do. So much easier. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's so much easier than trying to just, you know, even if we had some compelling creative, just put out in front of somebody's cold. Cause the number one thing I'm saying whenever we post something, the cold traffic is just look good. But I bought something from somebody else. Yep. And it was a scam. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what you're gonna get. And the group, you know, the beautiful thing about it is it's just not you talking about what you can do for them. You have the other people in the group, you know, singing your praises, talking about their results. So with that that increases the trust. So that makes selling a whole lot easier. So yeah, don't sleep on the groups. Don't sleep on them. Yeah, and, and what you said directly just happened maybe like a week or two ago in a group. One of our team members posted and said, hey, if, you, if um, you're a Propel member, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about joining TSP Propel? Just like our little uh, monthly membership program for folks watching. And literally it was like, 
<laughs> like all of these profound. I was like, this is good stuff. Like, but they literally were dropping like essentially testimonials in the chat. You should do it because of this. I wish I had done it before because of this. I should have got in earlier because of this. And literally, they was going down the line posting that. Um, and again, like people are able to ask them questions and interact with them. Yeah, you could post on any, you know, any comment thread. But it's just like a different level of, of sensing and community. So, you know, so somebody's on like building community. Any tips around that community building piece? Yeah, so you definitely want to make sure that you're intentional about growing the community. So a lot of times people may hear a Facebook group and they think, okay, I don't have to run ads. Uh, you can't do the organic push, but it's still cheap to grow your group uh, with paid traffic. So make sure that you're actually growing your group. Uh, it's important to make sure that your your offer is weaved into like the content and, and what you're doing. You want to have a strategy behind your group. A lot of times people will just, you know, throw up a group, but it's all over the place. Like all your content should be designed to kind of get them closer to whatever it is that your core offer is. And you want to make sure that you're, you're staying engaged with them. Like you're actually having conversations. You're in the DMs. They should know what your offer is and how you should, uh, how you can help them. And the people in the group should be in the group because they have a problem that your offer actually solves. And, you know, from there, it's just continuously showing them how it solves it, getting other people to, you know, testify that, they solve this, you know, their problem has been solved. Then it becomes easier once you get on sales calls or if you, webinars or events, it just becomes a lot easier to sell. That's good. That's good. You think most people are under leveraging groups? Yeah, communities? absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of that for sure. So if I can go back, that's definitely one thing that I would do differently would just go harder on a group, have like a, a larger group with. Because you've had, you've had groups of communities. I mean, just doing more. Well, actually, yeah, just being more strategic about it because, like, all the stuff that I talked about, I was kind of guilty of just having, you know, I had, I had a group, you know, decent size, but it re I really wasn't nurturing them. It wasn't strategic in how I was, like, laying out the content. It was inconsistent. I'll pop in there if I had, like, an offer or something going on. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just didn't um, do them their justice. So, yeah, people were definitely not leveraging them to the full. I, when I, you know, when I had you coming in, one of the things I want to talk to you about um, was AI. Because I know, you know, it's coming, it's on the rise. I'm sure you, like, at least play with it, not going yeah. deep, deep, deep dive into it. But but I'm curious to know, you know, if you use it, how you use it in your business, if you are. But then also, one of the things I was thinking about recently is if you had any thoughts on how is AI going to disrupt ads, running ads, ad management and stuff. Because I know, like, they're also, you know, Facebook for a while has been saying, where it was things you would always manually do, they like, hey, we do it better, right? They are feel like, that's cute what you're doing. Like, just hit this Facebook button and let us kind of manage this piece of it. But with the speed now that takes the AI, it seems like, you know, my mind was thinking one way. It seems like, okay, eventually, like, they'll just run the whole thing, right? Because um, what knows the system better than the system? But then my other mind was like, well, if they run all the stuff, can't they manipulate it? And then the third thing I thought about is, if they can run great ads for everybody, then at that point, would everybody advertise? Who, who you know? I just, I just I just went down the chain. I don't know if you thought about any of this stuff at all. I yeah, I definitely I have. I thought about because Facebook a few years, well, probably like a year or two ago, they really started trying to like actually managing people's uh, ads. Luckily, it didn't go well. But when they started doing it, I was like, that's actually a real threat. Like. Because like you say, who knows the system better than the system. If they start doing it and they're successful, then that's going to pretty much go all agencies, uh, freelancers, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the AI is definitely uh, 
powerful tool that can make that even more reality. You know, the way I leverage it is definitely from a copywriting perspective. Right now, it's just good to create ideas to help yeah. kind of speed the process along to, you know, create hooks and, and things like that. In terms of like completely taking over ads, it's going to be tough uh, until kind of like the videos become better. Because I think now like the videos and like that personal touch and connection is still like key more now so than ever. It's like really getting like those strong creatives and you know AI can obviously you have video sketches of them up create them but they're not there yet. what this app <laughs> dot AI it can make the whole video I and mean, I ran one of my YouTube videos I, I was like nah the team yeah, hey, let the team know I tried it I ride with y'all for a while I went out there I had to try I had to you gotta try, try. <laughs> but it's not quite there yet and I think it's it's probably gonna be tough to get there so you know that's the saving graces that I think it's gonna be tough to kind of completely go just because of yeah that personal touch is still you still need especially now since more people are doing ai that just means that personal touch is now even more important because yeah. everyone sounded the same the ai is good but it's still ai if but you know but i so that's, that's a great point because i think what it is, is is whenever a market shifts is what's the opportunity and so um i remember coming out of the pandemic you know a lot of people in my industry have figured out hey we can make money without doing in-person events, right? Because all of a sudden we do virtual events make the same amount of money. But for me, I was like, all right, well, if they want to stop, the people doing conference, stop and do a conference, I want to do more conferences for the same reason. I want the personal touch because no matter what, like that personal touch is different. And that is one of the things I thought about earlier with AI is as the personal touch goes away, I think it's a huge opportunity for people to figure out how to do it in whatever their niche is and do it at a high level. Like people still going to want, and probably even more so than now, like we're seeing, I think now with events, events are roaring back because people were like did not connect with anybody for so long. Yep. They like, man, I got, I just want to be around people. So I think it's with AI is gonna be the same thing. Like I'm not connecting with as many individuals as I used to. So I'm thriving, I'm like dying for that connection. People that can execute it well, I think, would be in a good position. Yep. Totally agree. One hundred percent. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So um, I wanted to ask you, right? Like, so for you in the agency, um, like, what are you doing now? What's the outlook like? What's the next steps? Yeah. So just you know, I know with the paid traffic game and its challenges, um, just figuring out how to get the most out of ad spends because there's still nothing like paid traffic to, to you know, grow businesses, to scale businesses and to do it quickly. So there's a lot of people, a lot of people like me to make it happen. So just trying to figure out how to get the most out of, you know, whether it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads. So, you know, really, you know, diving deep because things are changing so quickly. So just making sure that I'm still, a, you know, a student in the game and figure out what it takes. So that's important. Also, like we kind of talked about the group, the group, I've got an offer called Group Monetization Mastery. So just showing people how to grow, captivate and monetize their Facebook group because that's really important. I think communities are key. So I don't, foresee like things getting any easier with paid traffic. I don't see ad costs going down. I don't see CPMs going down. So the way to combat that is really to own your own audience and community and a group is a, you know, a great way to do that. So also doing a lot of that and also kind of diving in a lot more legion type of campaigns to get quality conversation booked for, for businesses. So yeah, kind of spread out, but the, the goal remains the same, really just helping businesses grow. I love it. All right. And if people want to get a hold of you, find out more information, 
or just, you know, see what you're up to. How can they find you? Uh, you can go to www.terryfosterconsulting.com. That's the website on IG. You can follow me at Terry Foster Consulting. On Facebook, it's Terry Foster Consulting. If you have a Facebook group or if you're interested in starting a Facebook group, you can join the free Facebook group, and that's Group Monetization Mastery. All right, y'all. There you have it. So, again, this is another special episode. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you one more time <laughs> and probably tell you again next episode. You got the best product in the world. If you don't have people in front of it, you will not be able to sell it. You're not able to make more money, and you have to have a consistent flow of leads, right? That lead generation Terry talked about, and you need that with traffic. So today was a great episode. Make sure you watch and listen again if you need to to get all of it that he dropped. And make sure you join us next week for another episode. You should be subscribed to the Traffic Sales and Profit Show because we're here to help you boost your business. Peace. The Combo, your home for conversations on black entrepreneurship and wealth. Available on your favorite platforms.